Coming up on the 12 for 12 business podcast, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful that I don't work at any of the top 10 worst places to work. Also, here are the next steps you need to take on that big business idea. The fight for your taste buds is about to heat up. Learn how Pepsi versus Coke is about to get a little more intense. Finally, we'll cover the first section of Start With Why. This and much more on the 12 for 12 business podcast. You're listening to the 12 for 12 business podcast, created to build ethical, innovative, and courageous leaders for a changing world. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 12 for 12 business podcast. My name is AJ, and I am the host, and I'm incredibly grateful that you've decided to tune in to episode three. There's a lot to cover, so let's get started. So this episode comes out on Thanksgiving, and I am so thankful that I don't work at any of these places. Every year, Huffington Post lists the top 10 worst places to work. Now, I'm not going to give you all 10 of them, but here are the top three. Coming in at number three, Conduit, who sells uh, digital communication services. They have a 2.5 out of 5 rating on Glassdoor, and less than half of their employees approve of their CEO. After reading some reviews online, it looks like there's a lot of communication and leadership issues going on, so it looks like they're going to need a major overhaul of leadership over there. Number two is Frontier Communications, an internet provider um, out of Norfolk, Connecticut. They have a 2.5 rating as well on Glassdoor, and it looks like they have a hard time creating and maintaining a positive culture. As we'll see and start with why, this is one of the main keys to becoming a great leader, developing a positive culture. Shareholders are taking notice too, because in 2018 alone, Frontier share price has dropped by 50%. Number one on this list, the worst place to work in 2018 is the fresh market. With the, <laughs> I'm sorry, the fresh market. That is just a very unique name. The Fresh Market has a not-so-fresh rating of 2.4 stars out of 5 on Glassdoor. They're out of North Carolina, and it seems like the the uh, turnover, rate is, turnover rate is incredibly high, disabling employees to create a consistent work culture. They seem to be in even more hot water as Amazon has taken over their number one competitor, Whole Foods. One employee claimed that the drama in management reminds them of high school. So it doesn't look like the fresh market will be getting any more fresh soon. But I'm just thankful that there's a lot of great work environments out there um, that encourage and grow employees into great leaders. So if you work at one of these places, I want to know. Um, why are you thankful for the for your work environment? Is it because of the benefits that they give you? Is it your their your coworkers there? Let me know. Uh, we're at twelve for twelve pod on Twitter on Instagram, and I would love for you guys to follow us there. So for our next segment, I have a few tips for you if you're planning on starting your own business. 
I personally haven't started my own business. This is my first venture into entrepreneurship, and it's a lot of fun. It's kind of stressful, but um, with hard work and perseverance, I hope that one day this podcast will take off. So um, I found an article from Entrepreneurship that will help you um, move on from the idea phase to the execution phase. So here are a few tips that will help your business go from idea to plan. So everyone has an idea, but ideas are a dime a dozen. So I encourage you to execute, try things out. Um, I've always said that it's okay to be uncomfortable. If you are doing something for the first time, then you know that's major props. Congrats to you. And if it fails, you know, learn how to move on. Learn how to. There's this quote from LeBron James, and I I I used it in one of my interviews. He said that his biggest accomplishment was learning how to overcome failure. And I think that's so important for entrepreneurs, for anybody in business or in any field, is learning how to move on from failure. So um, just keep that in mind as you continue to grow and as you continue to uh, work towards your dreams. But if you have a great business idea, here are a few tips to help you execute your plan. So first, you want to figure out why you're doing this. Um, And that's exactly why we're reading Start With Why by Simon Sinek. um, Is to figure out why you love to do what you do. Um, Is it because it brings you happiness? Is it because it solves a problem? Um, So figure out that first and the rest is going to be pretty easy for you um, in the um, planning stages. But I just want to say that who you're selling to and what problem your business solves, that's the first step that you should take. You need to sit down and say, is this a product or service that people are going to that are going to make people's lives a little bit easier? If not, then maybe you should really rethink about it. But if so, you know, think about how your business is going to flow. It's going to flow on the backs of your customers, right? So think about the customer. Think about who your target market is. Next, you want to think about how you're going to stand out from, from your competition. So every business in every field, whether you be in whether it's in the restaurant industry or the tech industry, there's competition everywhere. You know, you're not going to have a monopoly of the market. You might have the major share of a market, but that doesn't mean that you're the only one out there. So learn how to deal with competition. Learn how you're going to attract people um, with your product or service. How are you in any way different from your competitors? I see a lot of people trying to start t-shirt companies, a lot of people trying to start, you know, um, just things that are so similar, like no matter what you do, You need to figure out how you're different from your competition. So study your competition. Really sit down, learn their history, and figure out what their weak points are and capitalize off that. Just another note on the t-shirt company thing. You know, if that's your business, props to you. That's a difficult business, and I'm incredibly proud that you're trying that out. But what I'm trying to say is that you need to learn who your your competition is because you need to be able to capitalize and attract customers from who you're competing against. Next, you want to seek advice. 
in this business, in this world of business, it is so easy to think that, and I'm guilty of this, to think that you're always going to be right or that you are the only one that has the answers. As the CEO or the founder of your company, the whole entire weight of the world, basically, um, is on your shoulders. If something goes wrong, that's on you. You know, There's no one else to blame. You can't blame higher management. You are higher management. So you need to think about that and you need to think about who you can go to for advice. So seek mentors, seek a group where you guys can, maybe like a, a texting group or um, hopefully this community here. You'll find people that are able to hold you accountable but who are also willing to listen to things that you're struggling with, things that you are struggling with. Next, you want to remember that your funding is important. So again, these ideas are great, but you need to remember that in order to grab funding, you need to have a thorough business plan. You don't want to be like any of these guys that go on Shark Tank and they can't answer simple questions about their business. So, um, uh, uh, I don't have that answer right now, but no, like that's not going to cut it for some people and that's going to embarrass yourself and it's going to damage your brand name. So have a thorough business plan and go seek funding from private investors, go seek funding through small business loans. Um, I've seen a lot of companies do the Kickstarter route. So maybe try that out and see, you know, if um, a if, uh, mix of funding is going to be best for you or if one channel of funding is going to be the ultimate solution to what you want to do. But in the end, remember that you have to keep fighting. You have to keep grinding. You can't stop after three months and say, you know, I tried my best. You need to give it at least a year. You need to make yourself uncomfortable. Put yourself out there because... You don't want to be older or down the road and have more responsibilities and look back and saying, man, all that free time, I wasted it on playing FIFA or I wasted it on just chilling every day, hanging out. You know, if you have a dream or if you have an idea, go and execute. Try it. Just try it. And if you fail, it's okay. Move on. But if you keep on grinding and if you keep on building, you'll be in charge of your own business before you know it. Pepsi versus Coca-Cola. Now this is a rivalry that's been around for decades and it looks like things are about to heat up even more because PepsiCo has announced this week the top 10 emerging food companies joining their their very first accelerated program. Now this program is called the Nutrition Greenhouse and it's basically a tech incubator for food companies. They spend about six months optimizing their growth. These companies receive mentoring in a wide range of fields, anywhere from marketing to fundraising to supply chain and management. They will get access to some of the best resources in the business. You know, we're talking about a huge company taking these little companies under their wings. You know, a lot of good things are going to come out of this. So there's companies in here. One I'll give you guys a couple of them. So one of them is a company called Bohana out of Boston, Massachusetts. They're trying to reinvent an ancient high-protein snack out of popped water water lily. So I probably imagine it tastes like popcorn, but maybe it would be a little bit healthier. Next, there's Too Fit, T 
T-O-O Fit out of Fort Worth, Texas. And it's a brand uh, dedicated to crafting and delivering some high quality uh, supplements. For, so for a lot of you people who work out and you want to make sure what you're putting into your body is healthy, um, these supplements might be for you. Finally, we have a company called Tory Labs out of Calabasas, California. Whoop whoop, represent um, a health product. Um, their, their health product company, uh, they're created out of plant-based ingredients. So it's all plant-based and they're a beverage company. So it seems like Pepsi wants to gain some market share in the health and food industry. And I think that PepsiCo, if they if we got access to their data, they'd be able to see that the trends for millennials are that, you know, we want to make sure that we know what we're putting into our bodies. We want to eat healthy. Um, we want to live longer. So I think this is going to be interesting for Pepsi as they continue to change who they are. Obviously, they're going to still sell Pepsi, right? But they're going to still need other things to sell to people who don't drink soda. So Coke's answer has been a little bit um, confusing, but still so interesting. Last week, they announced a $5.1 billion acquisition of, co- of the coffee chain Costa. Now, some people might believe that that's way too much for this company, but Coke feels like that's the going rate in this market. Coffee is incredibly competitive right now, and they claim that they don't want to go head-to-head with Starbucks. But with 4,000 international locations, it looks like Coke might have more than you know competition in Pepsi. It looks like they might have competition with Starbucks. But something else I found that was interesting that Coke is starting to, you know, play with the idea of is um, marijuana infused Coca-Cola. So that might be a little too far and that might be a a little um, further in the distance. But as a drug becomes more legal in states, in the states, you know, Coke wants to make sure that the CBD that is going into the drinks is safe and consumable. Now, there's a lot of obstacles with marijuana-infused drinks, but Coke seems to have their eyes on it. And I bet you if we also looked at their data, we'd be able to see that this is something that's going to pop up and Coke wants to make sure that they are the first ones on it. Obviously, they're the one of the biggest beverage producers, so they want to make sure that they have their uh, fingers on the pulse. But either way, whether you love Pepsi, I don't know why you would, but or <laughs> you love Coke, the great thing about these giants going head to head is the consumer is going to uh, win out. We're going to get some really good products. We're going to get some, you know, things we haven't tasted before. We're going to get marijuana infused Coke. So all kinds of different products. They're paying attention to the market and they're preparing themselves for a generation of people who want, you know, different things than their parents and their grandparents. They don't want just Coke or just Pepsi. You know, they want super infused mega snacks. So it's going to be interesting to see what products we'll get out of this. Hopefully we'll see some healthier and better options. But I want to know what you guys want to see. You know, what's something that maybe Coke and Pepsi aren't doing that you might want to try from them. Would you try marijuana-infused 
Coke? Would you want to try, you know, popped water lily? Let me know what you think. Um, our Instagram and Twitter name is at 12for12pod. So this week we will cover, start with why, section 1, page 1 through 64. And if you haven't grabbed this book, I highly encourage you to go out there and grab it, um, whether it's from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, check it out from the library, borrow it from a friend. This book is so informative and so important to your career. But let's get started. Now, the section of the book starts by detailing how average leaders or companies incentivize us to follow them. Now, I learned about these tactics in college, um, studying marketing and learning about all the ways, the incredible ways that companies will try to get you on the hook. One of the ways is through fear. Um, a lot of insurance companies use this tactic all the time. Look at Allstate's motto, are you in good hands? It almost makes you ask yourself whether you're really covered enough um, in your insurance plan. Another way is through promotions, and the car industry uses this to get us through their doors with rebates and special financing, and it's all too complicated for me, but it all comes back to the price you pay to make your money. So how much are you willing to pay to make your money? Are you willing to pay in time? Are you willing to pay in actual cash or volunteer hours? The best companies learn how to make their cu their customers feel like they are part of something bigger. Many companies are responsible for creating some of the most iconic brands, but very, very few can create undying brand loyalty. The difference is that some brands create a following, while other brands create transactions. Now think of this. Are you able, or no, are you brand loyal to a toothpaste? Probably not. Are you brand loyal to something like Apple, right? A company that has given so much detail into the design of the product as well as design of the packaging. Like when you open up your, your Mac or when you open up the, you know, the box of your iPhone, think about how that makes you feel. It makes you feel like you you really are a part of something um, amazing. But more on these brands in a second. Simon Sinek presents us with the golden circle, which basically, you can't see me, but it's a target, right? So in the middle is why you do what you do, right? That's the innermost circle. The second circle is how you do what you do. Okay, and then the third circle on the outside is what you do. A lot of companies get caught up in what they do all the time. And so they go from the outside in, right? So I'm a luggage company, right? What I do, luggage company, how I do it. We purchase materials, we sew it together. Why are we doing this? Because we wanna make money, right? That's the, that's the wrong way to do it for some of these companies, right? But the great companies that last forever give consumers why first. Let's take that luggage company um, example again, right? Why? 
we want to provide people with the ability to go see the great beyond, the world that we live on. Live on. We do this by creating some of the most lightweight and durable products. What we are trying to sell you is our luggage. We are trying to sell you something that's going to give you the opportunity to travel the world. So going from inside, why, to what, the luggage. Humans have an innate, an innate desire to um, feel like they are part of something, right? Um, it's literally genetic, but the book kind of frames this perfectly. So when you tra travel out of your city and you go to a new town and you meet someone from your original city, you automatically feel connected. Same with if you move to a different state or even uh, move to a different country. Before we lived in homes and surf surfed the web, all we did, we all lived in packs for protection from the elements. And after thousands and thousands of years of evolution, we still desire to be part of something bigger. The companies that can pinpoint their reason for existing and that can give people an emblem or something to show to the outside world that they are part of a group. Think of that. Think of Nike, right? When you have that Nike check, you're basically saying, I'm part of this group. I'm part of the just do it, like this why that Nike has provided. And some companies that get caught up in what they do you know, they're not as flexible. They can't change to, to time, right? So let's look at railroads. That this, that's an example in the book. Railroads, you know, they're very profitable. profitable. Um, some people became billionaires off of railroads in the 19th century. But once the 20th century hit and cars started to be built and airplanes started to be, be built, these railroad companies were out of business. Why? Well, because they got caught up in what they do. What they did was build railroads. What they should have been is a transportation company. Why? To move people back and forth and not to limit themselves. So I hope you enjoyed this section of the book. I hope that you are reading and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I just want to leave you guys with one quote from the book that I thought um was definitely the highlight of this section so people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it so people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it thanks for tuning in um, make sure you read the next section and I will see you next Thursday stay inspired and stay thankful